welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great joy to be here with you. Uh, I'm so excited that we get to continue uh, our worship series called Gospel. We've been taking a deep dive into what the gospel message is, what it means for each and every one of us. What does it look like to, to follow Jesus and to allow his life to impact our lives and, and to be the disciples that Jesus is calling us to be? Uh, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and so it's exciting that we get to continue. If you're new here, I just want to say you're welcome here. We're excited that you have chosen to come and spend some of your day with us, to, to celebrate with us what God is doing. And, and maybe it's for the first time you're just checking out what this God is all about. And so we, uh, we encourage you uh, to come on a journey with us, a journey through the rest of this series called Gospel, a journey into relationship, a journey into relationship with God and with us so that together we can be made more like Jesus Christ. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm excited because today we're, we're getting to talk about uh, when Jesus called his disciples. We're really talking about what it is to commit our lives to Jesus Christ. What does it look like for us to commit to Jesus calling on our lives? For me, I, I, there, I, I used to ride bikes all the time. Like I was, I was serious about bicycle riding, not in the wintertime, uh, but in the summertime, I would ride 40 to 50 miles like five days a week. Uh, I, I was always on my bicycle trying to get stronger, faster. Uh, I, was, I was doing really well, and I had a friend who was doing bicycle racing. Uh, and, and, and he had raced multiple times and uh, was trying to get me into it. And I was kind of leaning that way. I was getting more excited. And he was like, hey, there's a bike race downtown in St. Louis. You should come with me and we'll watch. Uh, and, and I was like, okay. Uh, so I grabbed my son. And, and for a bicycle, uh, when you go to a bike race, uh, there are weird things. You know, you have cowbells. It's kind of like when, when you're at a, a running race, uh, cross-country stuff. You have cowbells and you bang on the fence and whatever. Uh, and so we're out there. And it was a criterium. Uh, this is a, a bike race that, that goes in a circle. It's uh, the same path, uh, multiple times around the path. Um, and this one was a one-mile path, and they had to ride it 12 times. And I was like, man, that's only 12 miles. I could so totally do this. And, and we get up there, and we make our way to the finish line. Um, so that we can be present right at the end of the race and I can watch them cross the finish line. And the cool thing is, is they come by multiple times. So they zip by and, you know, I was leaning out and had to back up real quick so I could get a picture uh, of folks riding their bicycles. I didn't know any of these cats, but I was interested in taking a picture because I wanted to show people that I had been there. I was at a bike race. Uh, and so I watched them zip by, and they did this like 11 times, and, and my buddy Mike was like, now here's where the real race begins, because they ride in a group in this mile circle 11 times, and then the 12th time, uh, they're going all out, trying to, trying to not just pace one another, but trying to gauge when is the best time to attack so that they can cross the finish line first. Now, these guys weren't professional bike racers. These were just folks that wanted to race bikes, uh, and so they were very amateur bicycle racers. Nobody's getting paid unless they win uh, to, to, to go across that finish line. And so we're out there just watching, and I'm having a good old time, 
And then we see them around the corner. And you can see them uh, a ways off in the distance, and you hear them all grunting, and you know, you hear the of the bicycles uh, moving together and, and watching them come and approach the finish line. It was awesome. My son was there. We we're banging, waving cowbells, doing all the things that we needed to do, uh, cheering on whoever would cross the finish line, because I, like I said, I didn't know anybody in the race. Uh, I'm just cheering because it's exciting. And it was exciting right up until the point when it wasn't. Because you see, one person's wheels got a little bit too close to the next person, and all of them started falling. And it was the sound, I can't even, I can't even give you uh, an illustration of how horrible it sounded. It was the sound of people and bicycles hitting the pavement at 30 miles an hour. It was the sound of bicycles breaking and bones breaking at 30 to 35 miles an hour. It was the sound of pain, and it was a sound that led me to the conclusion that I never, ever, ever wanted to race a bike in my life. I enjoyed riding bicycles, but I wasn't going to be willing to put my health on the line. I didn't want to break my bicycle or my body in order to ride bicycles uh, with a group of people. I, I made that decision in that moment. I was like, no, I don't think so. None of this seems appealing to me anymore. I, I, it was the difference between flirting with commitment to bike racing and being all in. You see, when I saw the things that I didn't like, I was completely out. Uh, and and what's, what's hard for us and what, what is so true in every aspect of our lives is that we understand that commitment is hard. Commitment is hard. We have to either give stuff up. We, we, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to commit to uh, not eating fast food or I'm going to commit to a healthier lifestyle. I'm going to give up some things that I had, had been doing in the past. Or we commit to taking stuff on. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the gym on a weekly basis, or I'm going to commit to have uh, a relationship with this one person out of all the people on the planet. Um, and, and, you know, the truth is, in order to have a good commitment, you have to be committed. I mean, it's the difficulty of commitment that makes it so valuable. It's the difficulty that we have to put in in order to make it understandable that, that it's, it's more than just a, a passing fancy. It becomes a way of life. And we get this. We, we've experienced commitment with our family, with our friends, with our spouse, with work, with exercise, with so many different things. We understand commitment takes effort. And the truth is this. Commitment to Christ is no different. Uh, when we commit our lives to Jesus, we're committing to a relationship that, that calls us deeper. It's not a surface-level commitment. And there are things about the Christian faith that can be upsetting and off-putting. And there are things that we are saying we want to align our lives with when we say we're going to follow Jesus uh, that, that can be difficult. Uh, Jesus' call on our lives is a radical call to discipleship, a radical call to commitment to Christ so that we can live out our lives in, in, in line with what Jesus says we should, 
so that we can live out our lives in relationship to God and in relationship to others the way that Jesus says we should. And so we're going to take a look at several of the calls that Jesus had on people's lives. When Jesus called people uh, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, or when Jesus, and, and they followed, or when Jesus called people as he was passing through and they decided not to follow, we're going to take a look at some of the reasons and some of the motivations. But ultimately, what we're trying to look at is whether or not we are going to commit our lives all of who we are to Jesus, or if we're just going to be bystanders watching the race go by. This is what Luke's gospel says about the calling of a guy named Simon. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of the Genesaret, uh, this is the Sea of Galilee. It's got multiple names, um, but the lake of the Genesaret um, is, is the Sea of Galilee. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So Jesus goes to this fishing village on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he's teaching the people. And while he's there, he sees some boats. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into the one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, here's what's going on. Jesus shows up. He sees these two boats. There's a large group of people. And so Jesus gets in the boat and, and sets out a little ways from shore. What's really cool about the Sea of Galilee is that it's kind of a bowl-shaped. And so when you're in the water, um, speaking to people on the shore, it's a natural amphitheater. Uh, I remember standing at the place where the Sermon on the Mount was given, uh, which is on the top of a, a hill on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and there were some fishermen uh, almost a mile away on the shore or on the Sea of Galilee, and we could hear they, they were talking in Arabic. We knew they were speaking in Arabic because we could hear uh, and not necessarily understand, but we could hear uh, their, their conversation. Uh, because uh, it's a natural amphitheater. And so Jesus uses this to be able to teach to the people that are on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and he's telling them about the coming of the kingdom of God. And then when he finishes, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in a deeper water and let down the nets for a catch. I love this picture because, um, you know, I, I, Peter by trade is a fisherman. That's what he does for a living. And so Jesus now, after they have come back in from fishing all night long, cleaning the nets, Jesus says, hey, uh, you should push out a little bit into deeper water and drop the nets for a catch. Uh, and I'm sure Simon is like, you know, well, I don't think this is going to be a good... Actually, he says something similar. Simon answered, Master, uh, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, you know, you, he's got to be contemplating the fact that he's going to let these nets down. They're going to have to clean them again. Uh, and he really doesn't want to have anything to do with this, but he does it because Jesus has said so. Um, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come over and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. It was a miraculous catch, and Peter knows this. It's not an accident. And so now Peter understands that this Jesus is not just 
a wandering preacher, uh, you know, kind of offering good self-help tips. No, this is somebody different that has authority and knows what he's doing. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. They pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and they followed Jesus. They had decided to commit to being a disciple of Jesus. Uh, far too frequently when we talk about discipleship uh, in the Christian church, we can become confused, right? What does it mean to be a disciple? Truly, being a disciple is committing your life, all of who you are, to Jesus's care and compassion. It means adopting all of the things that the master cares about, the teacher, the rabbi, Jesus himself, the things that, that make him sad are the things that make you sad. The things that he is passionate for are the things that you are passionate for. It is a commitment to becoming more like the master. That's the job of the disciple. And so it is all about commitment, that we will commit our lives to Jesus Christ. And the call then and the call today is something that is so powerful because it is a call first to relationship. When Jesus calls people, even today, the first step in that is a relationship, a direct relationship between God and the person. But then it's a call to action, that we will do something on behalf of of the mission and ministry. We will take on more and more of Jesus uh, and, and we will leave off more of ourselves so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can serve the way God wants us to serve. Uh, again, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Matthew uh, was a tax collector that was called. He also is one of the, the suspected authors of the gospel of Matthew. Uh, and he was sitting at a tax booth and Jesus calls him, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Jesus' call on our life is to radical discipleship. It's not a simple call. It's not, hey, come follow me while you want to. Jesus wants us to be committed, to, to be all in with him. Uh, the disciple cares about the things that the teacher cares about, and the disciple's ultimate desire is to be more like the teacher, to learn all that the teacher has to, to share, to embody all the, the thoughts that the teacher has and, and understand how to be more like the teacher. This is the goal of Christianity, to, to learn how to be more like Jesus each and every day, each and every one of us. Uh, again, when, when he had gone, he, Jesus, had gone a little further, he saw James and John, the son of Zebedee, his brother, uh, uh, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, uh, in a boat preparing their nets. They were about to go out fishing. Without delay, he, Jesus, called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boats with the hired men and followed him. 
They gave up everything. They, they walked away from their living, from their lives. They committed instead to Jesus. Uh, but not everyone that Jesus encountered was able to commit. Just like not everyone that we encounter is able to commit because Jesus calls us to something that requires work, something that requires a transformation within us. In Luke's gospel, we see this. We see three stories back to back. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I don't have a home. You're going to follow me into the wilderness, and we're going to be camping out a lot because I don't have property or a home I'm just here doing the work of my father. Uh, and the guy was, was not able to commit. He said to another man, follow me. But he requi- replied, Lord, first, let me go and bury my father. Now, for us, when we hear this, this can seem like it's, it's a simple request. Hey, my dad has died. Let me go bury him. And, and that would be one that nobody would say no to. But that's not what he's requesting. He's saying, hey, my dad's still alive. Um, but he's older, and so eventually he's going to die. Let me go and care for my family and take up my responsibilities here, and then later I will come and follow you. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus' call is a call to radical discipleship, a call to transformation within and without, and a call to change everything. And it's not an easy commitment to make. It's not something that we can just decide on a whim and say, you know, that's, maybe I'll follow Jesus for a little while. That's not what Jesus is calling us to. Jesus is calling us to life change and transformation. Not just a little bit of, of Jesus and our already good lives, but instead that we could be transformed from the inside out to be more and more in the image of Jesus Christ so that we can take on those things that Jesus loves and we can put away those things that Jesus detests and we can live for Jesus. The truth of Jesus is this. Jesus calls us to repentance and inspires us to obedience. The call of Jesus is twofold. One, he desires for us to be in relationship, to to repent of our brokenness um, and to celebrate who he is. And, and that's the first call that we all experience. It's far too frequently, when we talk about the call in the church, what, what we think about is the call into ministry, that you are called to be a pastor. Uh, friends, you have been called to be in relationship with God. That's what you've been called to be. Uh, and so it's an invitation to be in that relationship, which uh, starts in repentance. But then then we are inspired to obedience, to live the way that Jesus wants us to, to embrace that call of radical discipleship and to live boldly for the kingdom. That means whatever you do and wherever you are, you are in mission and ministry for the building of God's kingdom. 
when we receive the call that God has on our life, it can be a call to turn away from ourselves, to turn toward, toward God, to make a difference in our lives, and to embrace the newness of the life we have in Jesus. This is the hope that we have in being the disciples of Jesus and the promise that we receive when we say, yes, Lord, I will follow you wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I will hold nothing back from you. I'm all in with everything you want. And so really the question for us is this, how far are you willing to go? Are you just going to observe or are you willing to participate, to be a part of the building of the kingdom of God, to, to offer yourselves uh, to God's kingdom, to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ, to live boldly for the kingdom of God, to allow God to live in you so that you can be the person that he has in mind for you so that you can live boldly into the, the call that God has on you to, to first be in relationship but second with God, but second to be in relationship with the world, your family, your friends, the community at large, the nation, our world in general, that you will live and love the way that Jesus called you to, that you will radically embrace the mindset of a countercultural uh, lifestyle, a, a lifestyle that seems so bizarre, a lifestyle where we hear Jesus say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, where we hear Jesus calling us to live differently than the world says is okay, and, and we're willing to pay that price. That's, that's the real key is that we're willing to pay that price. So my hope is that all of us can, can take a step in that direction today, that we can echo the words that Joshua, uh, when Joshua put a challenge out to the children of Israel when he said this, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. My hope is that you will be all in, that you will hear Jesus call on your life, just like he called Peter and James and John out of the boat, like he called Levi out of the tax collector's booth, uh, that, that we will follow obediently where God is calling us, that we will allow Jesus by turning our lives over to him and say, wherever you want me to go, I will go. Whatever you want me to do, I will do. I am yours from here on out. This is the call that we have on our lives from Jesus, and it's the call that we can obediently follow. So let us say yes. Let us say, I will follow you wherever you go. Let us leave all of the things behind that hold us back, and let us be disciples of Jesus. Let's pray. Holy One, in a world that is so confusing and upside down, we give you thanks and praise for your presence, for your love and your grace. We pray that you would be with us, that you would help us to take a step in your direction, that we would surrender our lives, submit our pride and ourselves to your love and grace so that we can become what you want us to be, so that we can be more like Jesus each and every moment of each and every day, that we can love well the 
king, the, the community that you have placed us in, that we can share your love and grace with everyone we encounter. Father, pour your spirit out upon us, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we are able to commit our lives to you, that we are able to live in unity with God, our Father, through the gift we have received in Christ the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we ask all of this now and forever in the name of Jesus Christ. And we all agreed and said, amen.